Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast presented by Simply Healthcare. This is the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. What's going on, Susan? Oh, everything is great, as it always is, you know, especially during a bye week. Yeah, you're excited for, for the bye week? Excited for the bye How about you? Do you like the bye week? Yeah. Yeah, I get to actually like sit down and like pay attention to the rest of college football, especially because Miami's had we've talked about it so many of these night games. I feel like I'm missing all the big games, right? Like I, I feel like I haven't gotten to see like a lot of Alabama or Clemson or obviously Ohio State, and hopefully I'll get a chance to check out some of those teams that like I feel like I just haven't seen a lot of this weekend. Exactly. I, I like last week before I left for the uh, or before the. UM's last game, Virginia, I uh, I was watching a little North Carolina State because they're off also. Right, yeah, they have a bye also going into a Friday game uh, next week. We're not going to talk much about that. We'll, we'll save that for next week, I guess. Um, we will yep. do a little bit of Virginia recap, and then in the second half of the episode, it, it's we're halfway through the season, or technically more than halfway through the season because it's an 11-game regular season. Uh, yep. So we're going to do like some mid-season awards and kind of big questions, stuff like that. We're... we're Basically, our, our, our temperature check, our, uh, our, our COVID <laughs> symptom questionnaire uh, from the first half of the season. Um, let's start, though, with the – we'll quickly talk about that Virginia game um, on Saturday. Um, another weird one, right, where, like, oh, you yeah. came into that pick game and you're like, oh, that was weird. Like, there was, there was I guess, more of a clear-cut story in this game, which is the wide receiver's and particularly Mike Harley, but really all the wide receivers were, were pretty good on Saturday. Um, probably a game Miami should have won by more um, when you look at like the yardage totals and um, Miami was, was bad in the red zone basically for the first time all year, uh, settling for a lot of field goals. Um, but like I said, the story, I guess, really was ended up being Mike Harley coming out uh, what was it, 10 catches, 170 yards, and a touchdown. Um D. Wiggins had a couple of big catches, and Mark Pope probably hit the best catch by a Miami wide receiver all season, that like diving catch on the sideline. So I guess the big question is, uh, do you think they can keep this up? Is this a positive sign of things to come for Miami? Uh, what, playing ugly and winning? Well, the wide receiver play specifically. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 think they can, I think they can keep it up. Um, I do think we have to... One of the other storylines of that game were the kids who weren't there, um, uh, you know, that you wrote about before the game. Um, right. Six players um, were unavailable for the game, all freshmen. And Manny Diaz kind of let it be known without saying they have COVID or that they don't all have COVID. But uh, They're that, out with COVID-related issues, I think, is the word that we keep team, using. I mean, he basically acknowledged that. Yeah. And we have found out through sources that some of the, some of the players uh, were exposed, you know, to, to other people with COVID, and, and some some have it, and they're being quarantined. And 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 uh, and Barry Jackson Jackson has since reported, even after that, that um, that some more players also uh, have been isolated and quarantined, which which we figured right was going to happen right. because. Once you get the initial diagnosis, um, then it's like uh, 
because they, they have to take another test within 48 hours to the right. end of the game. So now it's, you know, you, you kind of wonder, any coaches, any yeah. assistants, any whatever. Um, and and uh, it's a little scary, you know? Yeah, it's uh, you wonder what the that unavailability report is going to look like for the NC State game. Now, of course, the good news for Miami is uh, they've got, you know, uh, 13 days between games. So if there is a week for a miniature outbreak to happen, this is probably the best one in terms of football. Obviously never good for it to happen, but, um, well, you know, that's true. If, that, that is true. But the, the interesting thing, David, is like 13 days, right? And because they're playing on a Friday night and the NCAA rules, you have to uh, isolate if you've been in contact with somebody uh, for 14 days. So, yeah. I know they're freshmen, and, and who knows, again, what else is going on in their world right. now as far as testing. So that will be a definite, uh, I don't know, storyline. I don't know what you would call it, but we're, we're waiting to see what happens on that. Yeah, it's like the, the ultimate uncertainty we knew is coming this season. And Miami done a really good job, obviously, uh, avoiding anything like this. Um, and you know, we don't want to speculate as to what this is going to lead to, but you know, it's like you're saying, it's, you got to worry about, you know, there were six players inactive because of COVID related issues on Saturday and, you know, exponential growth, as they say, right. That could be, it wouldn't surprise any of us if that was way up into the double digits. I don't think Definitely. Next Friday. on Friday it was, and who yeah. knows who they were exposed to and stuff. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, look at FIU, right? They had another game postponed or canceled their mm-hmm. next one. So it's just, uh, I don't know, once it starts, you just hope it doesn't keep rolling. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts from the Virginia game? The, the freshman running backs, I guess, were kind of another big story. Um, we, and then Cam Harris, I guess, tweeting something after the game that maybe uh, expressed a little bit of discontent. We're... Uh- do you think those guys can can surpass him? I mean, they certainly looked better than him in the second half on Saturday. Yeah, I think he's a yeah. I guess he feels disrespected because he's been disappointing lately. Uh, and um, I like the young guys. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I think you know if teams are going to stack the box like that against Miami, like they've been doing, I, I think Cheney is a kind of a natural. Just he's a little bit bigger. Um, than than the other two guys who are kind of have that little like bowling ball kind of physique, right? Where they you know they hit holes, they can they can kind of shrug off the one on one tackle because of the low center of gravity and stuff like that. Cheney's the kind of guy who can can just like run forward and chug forward and, and pick you up some yards because he's got um you know he's a little bit taller and just he's got that different build that I think complements those two guys and against certain defenses until Miami can start making uh, teams start to pay with the passing game a little bit better, which they did on, on Saturday, and we'll see if NC State responds any differently. Um, I, I think it, Cheney's a pretty good option right now. He is, yeah. Both of them are really good. Cheney's, and I love his his personality, you know, and his he, he wants it badly, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I think they're both impressive, and I think Harris is totally uh, frustrated, frustrated yeah. right now. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how much that helps, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a bye week, like we said, so it's a, it's a chance to kind of reset for all those guys. Uh, last topic I have written down from the UVA game. The defense, only one sack, only two tackles for loss. They still hold Virginia to 14 points. Um, yep. where are you, Where's your kind of temperature at on the defense right now? They've been, you know, points-wise, have been excellent the last few weeks. Um, yep. Held Pitt to 19, held Virginia, like I said, to 14. Um but it did not look like a usual Miami defensive performance on Saturday, which is no, kind of interesting. But I have more, uh, I have more, I have more faith right now, actually, in the defense. I don't know why. I just I feel I, I feel they're going to come back. Yeah. Uh, you know the the bottom line is the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. If they can those guys, you know, um, there the one thing that was a little disconcerting to me was, was I, I thought there was some sloppy tackling. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I think, I think that's ultimately why there was only one sack, right? Is they couldn't, those Virginia quarterbacks are pretty slippery. Um, especially, you know, they, they rotated three guys in all three are pretty good runners. Miami easily could have had, you know, four or five sacks in that game if they wrap up a little bit better. And yeah. I, I think it kind of all feeds off of that. That was a little, I said the word scary before, but yeah. um, there, there were guys getting a lot of yards uh, after, you know, catches and um, when, when they definitely should have been wrapped up. So um, I, I'm sure they're going to work on that. They're going to work on the Amari Carter. I just posted yeah. a story of Amari Carter, um, the targeting problem. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that, People have been talking about how the bad tackling has kind of plagued college football this year with people, you know, wonder how much um, not having spring affected it and, and obviously, um, you know, just everything that's happened <laughs> over the last 10 months or whatever, eight months. Um, but Miami, I, I kind of had felt, this is the first game I really felt like the tackling was like an issue, which is interesting that it wasn't early in the season that it happened. I think, and I think people now are talking about that in the context a lot of like the Big Ten just starting right yes say last week because what what's the the when when you're starting a season uh, yeah the the biggest thing that is rusty I guess in the beginning is tackling yeah always. even in a normal season it feels like it's always something we talk about the first two weeks of the year always yeah it's yeah. very tough you know especially the open field tackling and uh, but I think. Yeah, that's why I was surprised at this past game. Because mm-hmm. that's something Miami had been doing pretty well. And, you know, Manny Diaz is a stickler on that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was surprising. But I'm not, you asked me how concerned I am. Right now, I'm not very concerned um, as much as I am about the offense. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, I mean, the talent, we're, and we'll talk about it in, when we do some of these midseason awards. But um, the, they've got a lot of talent on defense between, obviously, the defensive ends I, and. And Bubba's been great, and you know Albert Blades has. I think like the metrics have him being fantastic this season, and and just the and the depth as we talked about also with. I think it was the Pitt game to court where Jacory Couch was excellent. We've seen we've talked about Jared, Jared Harrison Hunt a lot over the last couple of weeks. They got a right. lot of talent on that side of the ball that that makes you feel like they're going to be all right. Um, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we will come back and uh, do our midseason awards. All right, we are back. 
Um, like we said, we are six games through this 11-game regular season. Um, who knows if there's going to be a bowl game or anything like that uh, this season. Um, I guess there's a good chance there'll be an ACC championship game for Miami. We will talk about that uh, at the end here. Um, but first, um, yeah, we're going to go through some basically the, the obvious stuff with midseason awards, player of the year, freshman of the year, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I've also got a couple of questions just written out about, you know, at the midseason, where are they kind of grading out on these questions that I think at the beginning of the season we would have kind of pinpointed as these are going to be the defining questions of the season. I think, you know, we've, we've obviously gotten gotten a pretty good sense of what this team looks like. Um, let's start with, I think, maybe the easiest one we're going to answer here, and that is Offensive Player of the Year. Um, I have a feeling you're going to pick the same person as me. Uh, is he a quarterback? Yeah, he's the quarterback, Derek King. That's obvious. That was the, we don't even have to talk about it. He's obviously, you know, he's been so far and away the most valuable player on this offense. Now, the first couple weeks of the season, he maybe could have made a case for Cam Harris, um, but he slipped off a little bit. Um, Brevin, before his injury, you could probably always make a case for him, just considering he is, how valuable he is as both, you know, he was the team's leading receiver when he got hurt, and also what he does as a blocker. Um, but, yeah, it's Derek. Oh yeah, Brevin. Right, Brevin hasn't hasn't, hasn't been around. Yeah, but it's Derek all the way. Yeah, yep. that's easy. Um, all right, <laughs> like I said, we can skip right over that one. Um, <laughs> defensive player of the year. It's kind of maybe the f- most fun debate on the team at this point, right? Um, we were, we were talking about this before we started recording, and just how close this competition is for who is the guy on this defense. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm kind of like uh, going back and forth, but uh, I mean, we both are, um, you know, between Bubba Bolden and Quincy Roche, yeah. uh, Bubba Bolden, the safety and defensive end Quincy Roche um, have both been um, fantastic, I think. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it just depends what game you're talking. I mean, if, Right, know. yeah, they've I, each had their moments where they looked like the best guy on the field. Oh, really, put it this way. They've both been really, really good. I mean, Quincy Roche has nine and a half tackles for loss. Yeah. By far leading the team, he has more. He has two and a half sacks, four quarterback hurries. He's recovered two fumbles. He's forced a fumble. He's done things in the red zone that were really important, you know, and, and yeah. defensively. Um, but, 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 Bubba also, though, right? Bubba You're... fills the stat sheet. Like, the, the Quincy, the TFL number is really impressive. Um, but Bubba, I mean, four tackles for loss, a sack, an interception, three forced fumbles, three pass breakups, two block and, kicks. Yeah, two block kicks? I mean, that was sack. unbelievable. Like, he two just block... has numbers in every category. It's pretty wild. And, and he leads the team in tackles by, by 12. Yeah. You know, I... I don't know. I, they're both so important. Yeah. He's the guy to me. Hey, I think Quincy. just the way he fills up the stat sheet and basically whatever Miami needs in a given game, he does for them. Whether they need him deep to you know help over the top and break up passes, he can do that. If they want to play him in the box and have him, um, you know, rush the quarterback, you know, blitz the quarterback sometimes or just help in the run game, he does that. Um, and like you said, the tackles, his range is, is insane. Right? Yeah. 30 of those tackles are solo. 30 of his 38 tackles are solo tackles. Yeah, so as, actually, this kind of made me 
amazing. It is kind of amazing. But, like, what's interesting is um, Blake Baker, the defensive coordinator, and, um, and uh, you know, Bonda, Ephraim Bonda, the safeties mm-hmm. coach we talked to today, everybody says that as much as they love Bubba, totally love him, um, that he's has so much more to improve, that he knows that, yeah. oh, I hate this cliche, but I won't say it. Okay, he's just has <laughs> much room to get even better, yeah. which is so cool, right? I mean... He could, he's already a star, but I guess he could be, like, a major star, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, his tackling was not great against Virginia, and he's been, I think, a little spotty in that category. But, yeah, right. I mean, he he can do everything pretty well. Oh, like Tackling looks so good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, but, yeah, I think it's a, a 1A, 1B. You can't go wrong with either of those guys. What Quincy does... Um, you know, in terms of, you know, I think Jalen Phillips got a lot of the tension in the pre in the preseason because he was, you know, the flashy former number and one recruit. We hadn't, we didn't know it, what he was going to look like. We hadn't, no one had right. seen him. But Quincy has been, and and Jalen's been good. I think that's what you're about to say. Really good, actually. He's yeah. been really good too. I mean, he has a lot. He, but I agree with you on um, his five quarterback hurries. Yeah. But um, yeah, I agree on Quincy. Quincy was the one that was the lower. Uh, profile, I guess you'd yes. say. Even though he wasn't from Temple, but... Yeah, he was an yeah. All-American at Temple. Like, this shouldn't be surprising to anyone. Um, right, right. But I think Jalen, you know, but who, who's been good? Who's yeah. been really good? So, yeah, but, I think coming into the year, a lot of people would have guessed that Jalen was going to be the top defensive end. And, and it has been Quincy. Not, you know, no slight to Jalen, um, but Quincy has been their best defensive end. Agreed, for sure. Um, also, shout out to Al Blades, who's had a, a really good year. Um, I just love that. Yeah, um, two two Al. picks, six pass breakups. Um, I think he's been a, a good tackler. Uh, the secondary was a, a question mark coming in, and you know, and DJ Ivy's been been pretty good this year too. And Blades, I guess, got burned for that last touchdown against Virginia, which they said was a miscommunication. Um, right. But for the most part, he's been he's been that number one corner that. I think, um, you know, that even as good as uh, Trajan Bandy was, just the size was always going to be the limitation. Like, Blades, he's got, like, all the tools you look for, and he's, he's finally putting it together. Um, offensive rookie of the year, or freshman of the year. Uh, it's a really a two-man race. I don't think another kind of thing where you, you can't go wrong with either guy. Don Chaney versus Jalen Knighton. I, think, um, I know you have your favorite. Actually, you I, love both of these. You uh, love well, both you of these guys. Say that because of Deerfield Beach Bucks, right? I know, but you you were just saying how much you love Cheney too. You love both I of love them. I love Cheney because I love his. Um, I, I I really like Knighton's personality too. Uh-huh. I but Ch- Cheney is God. He's such a like a Canes guy, you know. Yeah. Such a. Um, he's always he's always smiling. Yeah, he's like so old school, uh, trying to keep keep his energy up, keep his attitude up, positive yeah. attitude. Uh, you just feel like when he gets the ball at the goal line, he's going to get it in. Um, you know, he has that want. He's he's good. Um, I think, w- you know, what you mentioned to me about, J- I mean, Jalen Knight- Knighton is very good, too. They have very similar uh, running sets. Yes. They're almost exactly the same, actually. Um, 
Yeah, the same amount of carries, and Cheney has eight more yards. That's amazing, actually. And and Knighton has one touchdown. Cheney has three touchdowns rushing. I, the difference is in the receiving, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Knighton has 123 more receiving yards. That's why he's my pick. Uh, it's Again, it's kind of a 1A, 1B. And, and Cheney, I think, has gotten better as the season go, has gone on so far. Um I think, you know, Knighton was that number two running back at the start of the year, right? Like, just in in week one, he was the first running back off the bench. Um, I think Cheney has been kind of the number two option these last couple weeks, um, and he was certainly their best running back against Virginia. But Knighton, the value he provides in the receiving game uh, is really important. And that's going to kind of be what I think differentiates these guys all throughout their career. I think, you know, assuming they assuming they play the same number of seasons and the same number of games and all that, I think Chaney will probably finish his career with more carries than Knighton, but there's a good chance Knighton finishes his career with more touches because he's just a way more complete back in terms of, you know, being a, a receiving threat also. And I, I think the idea that they have both of those guys um, is really big for this program. Yeah. Uh, because... They can kind of keep people off balance a little, you know, bring in somebody else, a different style, a different person. And uh, and that's, you know, I, I think Cameron Harris will get it going. I yeah. Do. I, I mean, he's still, his numbers are good. Not incredible, yeah. but they're still good. Well, yeah, he's averaging five five 5.2 yards a carry, yeah. but he, he was over eight yeah. yards. He was in, like, the top five to top ten in the country, but now – you know, the past couple weeks, no. And he has five touchdowns. I mean, I I think he's going to break out soon, maybe next game, and then get his confidence back, maybe. Yeah. Um, and offensive line will help him a little, too, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think it's also important um, that Rhett Lashley is proving he can balance three running backs, which is not something the last couple yep. of years we had seen. It had really been, really been like a clear number one guy um, with – you know, with the number two who would get, you know, the number one guy would get 18 carries a game, the number two guy would get eight or something, and that was it. Um, whether it was DJ and Cam Harris last year, or Travis Homer and DJ the year before, or Mark Walton and uh, Travis Homer before Walton got injured uh, a couple of years back. Um, it's important for recruiting, and we, we talked about it in the preseason, and just right after the Lashley hire, that it was going to help them recruit wide receivers probably this offense. Um, but I think it also, you want to stack running back is a position where you want to stack guys and, you know, they've got a really, really good running back committed from Shaman Madonna next year, Thad Franklin. Um, and you know, they did like to maybe get Amari Daniels from central also. And, you know, in a normal world or in, in recent years, I think it would have been hard to sell a guy like that when these two freshman running backs are, are so established and look like they're going to be the backbone of your offense for the next two or three years. I, I think it would be hard to sell multiple guys and be like, Hey, you're going to come in and we're going to find, you're going to get on the field. Even though these guys are here. Um, Lashley is proving he can, he can balance multiple guys. And, you know, who knows if Cam Harris will, will try to go pro, you know, running backs tend to leave early when they have a chance. Um, but you know, they, they're going to be in a position where those two guys could be 1A, 1B next year, and there will be some other stud freshman who comes in. Yeah, and I, it's a good point about Lashley um, balancing them because it also it keeps them happy too. Yeah. 
Yeah, more than just throwing defenses off balance. It keeps those guys uh, friendly with each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Um, defensive freshman of the year. It's not the deepest competition. Not that the running back, not the offensive freshman of the year was super deep also. But those two right. guys are both deserving candidates of, of such an award. On defense, I only really had two guys that have chipped in significantly. We have seen, I guess, um, Isaiah Dunson has played a little bit, and Brian Balaam played uh, quite a bit against Clemson, and Jalen Harrell had to get in against Pitt. So we've seen some guys in the secondary, but it's really been Corey Flagg, an uh, impressive freshman linebacker, and uh, Jared Harrison Hunt, a redshirt freshman. Who I, It's pretty obvious he's the pick to me, but... Um, I wanted to put this on here so we could talk about him and talk about Flag because Flag looks like, um, you know, the guy who could be the next four-year linebacker they have here. Yeah, I um, I have to go with. I mean, I I think it's cheating a little to say a retro. <laughs> I know, pressure, I know, pressure, but I, that's okay. I, I well, that's why I, I wanted to mention both of them. Yeah, no, I, I then if we're gonna if we're gonna go with him, then I I, I have to say he's definitely. Yeah, three, leads the team with three pressure. sacks. He has a block kick, uh, force yeah. fumble. And, and he's, yeah, three sacks. He has five tackles for loss. I mean. Well, some uh, of his, he doesn't play enough to be in that, like, defensive player of the year conversation for the team. But, like, just his, some like, his big plays. He makes a lot of big plays in his reserve role. He's really good, and he's a great quote, too. <laughs> I love all the New York kids they have on this team. Yeah, Corey Flack's really nice too. I, yeah. you know, um, Jared Harrison Hunt. How could you just you just notice him? Yeah, yeah. That's what I say. He doesn't. I mean, he gets. I think he led the defensive tackles in snaps against Pittsburgh, actually, or against Virginia, actually. But you know, for the most part, he's been in a reserve role behind John Ford and Nesta. But like I said, whenever he's in, it feels like he's doing something positive. Yeah, I. Um, he's been excellent. He's going to be really, really good for them. Yeah. And Flag, like I said, um, feels like the next, in some ways, like the successor to the, the Shaq Quarterman, where he's not like the most impressive guy physically. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's pretty short for a linebacker. Um, and I don't think like he would, I don't think his 40 time is going to like blow anyone away. But um, I think he's got that kind of like leadership knack that, that Shaq had. And the the inst- everyone talks about his instincts, and he's a guy who um, Corey Flag he played for. You know, he's kind of one of those guys that, and we have him down here in South Florida every year, where the guy's not really highly ranked as a recruit, but just everyone in South Florida knows the guy is awesome. Like I would kind of put Xavier Restrepo in that category, where he was like a three star recruit, but just everyone knew whoever was getting him was going to get a useful player. I think in Texas, Corey Flagg had kind of the same reputation. Um, and I, I think he's kind of just showing th- those kind of guys are, are well-equipped to come in and, and play early on because he's just a good football player. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like you said, uh, good personality too. He's got the leadership stuff. And, and yeah, he's uh, he's going to be a fixture on this defense for for a long time. Um, yes. What uh, I have biggest surprises next. Uh Let's start positive. What's the what's been the most the most pleasant surprise you've seen from this team so far? Um, 
would say I kind of knew the defensive line was going to be really yeah. good. Um, I mean, you could say Jalen Phillips, right? Like the fact that he hadn't played in a year and a half and is awesome. Like, it's yeah, pretty that's, good. That's, like I, I knew the, I knew the defensive line was going to be good. But yeah, if you're going to zoom in on one player, uh, like I don't think they give out like a comeback player of the year award or anything like that in the ACC. But like Jalen Phillips would have to be in that conversation. Yeah. So true, and every the thing is, everybody was saying how great he was, how great he was. So in a, in a way, you were kind of expecting right. it. Um, and the other people, you know, that have been the the special team, you know, kicking unit. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of knew it was going to be good, so it's not really the biggest surprise. Um, and that, you know, receivers have struggled somewhat. Um, yeah, that might be on the biggest disappointment is that none of those guys have seemingly taken the leap. Yes. Or, well, are we going into the biggest, are we going into the biggest, we're still on the... We can uh, talk about them simultaneously. We can, well, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest disappointment to me has been, um, well, the, well, wait, let me go back to the biggest surprise. I also, but it's kind of stopped. I was, the biggest surprise for me was the offensive line. Right. Um, the first few games, actually. and But then they, they progressed, right? Yeah, the run blocking in particular was like a big talking point this week, talking to coaches. Yeah, and, they've, and I, true, run blocking, but they, they've also allowed a lot of sacks yep. the last yep. 14. Is that right, the last? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, 14, I think. 13 or 14. Yeah, so um, that was, at first, that was my biggest surprise, and now it's kind of gone backwards, so I'm not really sure about that. And as far as disappointments offensively, I think the running running game recently. Yeah. (laughs) It's the same thing. They were running well at the beginning, and... um, and then they just fell off. Yeah. Yeah, I think to me, I would say, I mean, there's obviously, as I mentioned, Jalen coming back from the injury and being awesome is one. I think Bubba is in that same conversation, right, where he had that the bad yeah. injury last year and has been be- even better than he was last year. Yeah. Um, so you got two guys that, like, really took kind of that, had that comeback narrative. Um, to me... I kind of I think Al Blades is on that that conversation, right? A guy who was good last year and now is like an all conference level guy potentially. Um, and I think the offensive line. I know you mentioned them as being really good in the first few weeks and not as good lately. But I think just the the two freshmen who were so bad last year, um, Zion and and Ja'Kai Clark, being like pretty solid now is that's that's pretty that's a big development yeah well garen justice said today the line coach he said told us today that uh zion nelson has been the best player yeah uh, recently. like that's huge yeah recently yeah he's really high on him mm-hmm. was not very high on usman treor <laughs> um what about disappointment so i'll say zion i'll say zion if i'm if i'm excluding the guys just coming off injury um what about um, disappointment? Do you have – to me, it has to be the receivers. Yeah. Oh, th- yeah, 
And I know we're saying this right after they had a good game, but so maybe they'll turn. Maybe this is the sign of things to come. But the fact that you know, I, I was, I know Mark Pope had this like he's on his way to his best season of his career right now. But like he was a guy who had a chance to take the leap, has not. And D Wiggins, who like has kind of totally disappeared the last few weeks after, you know, he's been kind of the most. He, he's been a factor on this offense the last couple of years and just he, he there's not been like the sort of improvement you want to see yeah um yeah but we, i mean the receivers were the were the guys that we were um <laughs> I, I said that i thought that they i thought they'd be better than this yeah but i but i feel kind of guilty saying that because they did so well and i know they, i know all... it's weird we're coming off this game where they just played so well so yeah, so that's yeah. Uh, I for me, just uh, they just got to get the they got to. Cam has just got to get it together. That's yeah. all. Cam yeah. Harris. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Cam Williams looks good too. Oh yeah, that's but, another technically he's a freshman, redshirt freshman. He's a freshman, and yeah. I I, yeah, I meant to say that he's uh, he's I think he's good. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not going to have issues at defensive end like seemingly ever at this point. They do such a good job of just finding those guys uh, that all of them are at least solid. Um, all right. A um, couple more. The big question coming into the season was how good was the offense going to be and how good was King going to be? Um, where where they where have they graded out for you in terms of like where, where you expected it to be and what it actually has been? Um, you know, I think uh, Derek has. I think he, he did. He did better this past game. Um, obviously, right, getting some of the deep balls to the receivers. Yeah. I think we were, we had talked before that I we were a little disappointed in some of the passing after the first few games, um, and some of the you know the timing and the deep ball uh, connection. And I think a lot of that was the receivers yeah. personally. I know not all stores are perfect, but um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with him. I don't, I don't. He's not as. I didn't really know what to expect, so I'm yeah. I'm pot, thumbs up on Derek King. Yeah. I mean, I they didn't have, if they don't have Derek King, forget it. In yeah. my opinion. Um, so I, I just would, and he has 301 yards rushing. Yeah, he's rushing for like 50 yards a game, basically. So Yeah, but I don't know why I thought maybe he'd have some more rushing yards. What about you? Well, the sacks count against rushing yards, right? So he Good does sacks. have more. Yes, 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 yes. And he's, yeah, so. Uh, like he had like 10 carries for 11 yards against Virginia, which was like not accurate. Yeah, that's, that, this is true. Um but yeah, to me, the offense, like, there was the possibility that I don't think anyone was ruling out that the offense was just going to be incredible, right? That it was going to, like, look like a Big 12 offense. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, we thought that right after the Louisville game. Well, yeah, because we thought Louisville was maybe pretty good and they turned out to be terrible. Um, yeah, exactly, but I thought, oh, my God, you know, UM is just yeah. going to explode. But it They're has off. been basically, like, this is, like, the median guess you would have had, essentially, right? Like, maybe, yeah. a, maybe a little worse because 
Um, you know, they were not great against Pitt, and that is probably the kind of team that you, you would have hoped that they at least put like a 400-yard day together against them. Um, but I think for the most part, it's been about what I expected. I, I don't know if I expected these sort of like peaks and valleys, though, right? I don't know if I expected them to have like 570 yards against Florida State one week and then in the next game have like 200 yards against Clemson. Like, I know that there's a huge like discrepancy in the level of competition in those two games, but still like that has not been unusual for them to be incredible one week and then like kind of look out of sync the next. And maybe that's, you know, no spring, uh, weird summer. Like there, there's some reasons that it might look like that. Yeah. I, I mean, but I'm, I'm happy with Derek. I'm glad he's there and I, I hope he comes back. Yeah, he makes it seem so watchable in a way that they like have not been sometimes over the last two years really true and um and i like that he did, he did not throw any interceptions this last game i thought that was really important yeah by after the way. he had two each two in each of the previous two games exactly um so yeah he's lived up to my expectations i i i have to say that all right um let's finish here then does miami make the acc championship it's honestly not a fair question because uh, Miami yeah, can win out. Clemson game. I don't know. Because Miami I, can win out and Notre Dame can win out. And the tiebreaker would be some rank metric. Some, what is it called? Team rank score or something yeah. like that? Something I I literally have never heard of. We'll it's determine it. So it's uh, the tied team with the higher ranking by the team rating score metric. I've never even heard of that. Wait, wait. Provided by Sports Source Analytics following the conclusion of regular season games. What the heck? So that is if Miami and Clemson both, I don't know if, or if Miami and Notre Dame both go 10 and 1. I don't know if Notre Dame might only play 10 games, but whatever. Both of them go undefeated except for losing to Clemson. That is what it will come down to. Yeah, but it's not, there's nothing about like points up until then, is there? No, no, no. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and if that, that's crazy. There's a, That's the fifth, if there's a two-way tie. So, like, head-to-head competition, and, those, and they don't play each other. Right, Miami, they don't Notre play State. each other, and obviously they would be undefeated against, they would have the same record against all common opponents um, if they're both undefeated, except for they losing to Clemson. I, I guess they don't look at the score of the games or anything. No, I, guess I, not. I guess not. I am sure team ranking score takes into account... Uh, all that stuff, right? I'm sure it's like some formula that puts together your margin of victory and strength of schedule yeah. and all that. But again, you know I've never heard of it, so I don't know. Play, they play November the, the, uh, the oh, they play the day after UM plays North Carolina State. Oh, okay, so that's a big weekend next weekend. That's awesome, man. We can watch that game. That's true. Yeah. All right, I guess, do you, do you think Miami can win out? Do you, Or if you had to guess, would you say they, they win out or do they, they slip up once or twice the rest of the way? I think they definitely can win out. It's probably not the right question to ask, right? Yeah. Um, the schedule gets tougher, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I, I, I think they might slip up. I, I, I mean... They have Virginia, at Virginia Tech and have Virginia Tech lost. I think that week. is. I think I saw it's the one game they're an underdog for the rest of the way, according to like FPI. Or, 
fine. I mean, the last game of the season, here's the good thing. It's at, North, it's at Hard Rock. Yeah. Against they, UNC. Which yeah. is like, it kind of feels like it could be the game that determines. Yeah, but I also think at Virginia Tech, and by the way, it's after North Carolina State, and by the way, we don't know about the COVID situation, so yeah. it's so crazy this season. And um, they're they're actually getting healthy from COVID after they had like 30 players out early in the season. So we don't really know how good this Virginia Tech team is. Remember, and, and Georgia Tech, which, you know, isn't doing well this year, right? Georgia Tech um, beat Miami. Everybody thought Miami was going to win that last year. Yeah. And beat Miami, I think, in overtime. Yeah. So um, it's it's so hard to tell. If you said you you have to your life depends on it, make a guess. I would say Miami's going to lose at least one more game. What what do you think? Yeah, it feels like there's a slip up somewhere. Like again, if you just like go game by game, I would probably pick Miami in every game, assuming Brevin is healthy and gets back. Um, which is kind of, you know, we barely have mentioned that, but, you know, he's arguably their most talented offensive player. Um, you know, like you would pick them to beat NC State. You would probably pick them to beat Virginia Tech. Like I said, they're, I think, a slight underdog there, but it's basically a, a 50-50 toss-up. You would definitely pick them at home against Georgia Tech. You'd almost definitely pick them on the road against Wake, although Wake's not bad. Um and right. you would probably pick them at home again. I mean, who knows what the teams will look like by then. It's the last game of the year, so we'll have a better idea. But you would pick probably pick Miami at home against UNC. Um, but like you're saying, like I don't have a game that I'm pinpointing as where the slip-up is coming. But like if I know Miami, there, there's a slip-up coming somewhere, right? It, it, feel, it feels like that. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Um, I think we can wrap things up there. Um you got anything else? Anything? Any exciting plans for the bye week? No, I'm just gonna just gonna watch some football. Yeah, and and not worry about deadlines. <laughs> After worrying about deadlines at all these eight o'clock games, then we go right into an eight o'clock game next week. So you don't have to wait too long another, to get back to another, it. Another, yeah. You think we'll get another day game? <laughs> um, hey, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, Wake maybe. Maybe Virginia. I can see Virginia Tech being like a three thirty game. Mm, it depends. I, I, you have to remember the schedules are more busy now because Big Ten and Pac twelve are involved again. Right. Right. That's true. That's so true. there was there was a lot less competition for the primetime slots um, in the first month and a half of the season. Yeah, I think the December fifth game might be a night game. We'll see. Yeah, uh, that feels have... like a night game. That feels like a night game. Assuming yeah. those teams are both like. Eight and one or whatever coming in nine and one, right? Eight and two right. nine and one. All right, um, yeah. Let's finish there. Uh, thanks as always for listening. You can follow Susan on Twitter at s miller degnan. Um, gives a good story about uh, Manny Diaz talking about the ACC gives teams uh, the Tuesday of election day off, and Manny Diaz had a lot of good stuff to say about what they are kind of doing the, this week to make sure their players get out and vote. Um, and are civically engaged. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Uh, I'm all over South Florida football these days between mostly hurricanes and high school, so a lot of recruiting stuff. Um, you know, Miami has a ton of kids committed locally who are all basically starting their season last week and this weekend um, with Miami-Dade and Broward Public Schools all returning to action, so that's been fun. Um, 
Yeah, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good week, everyone.